Welcome to Fearless Hustle Collective, a podcast for creative female entrepreneurs and a home to honest conversations about the ups and downs of running your own business. Hello and welcome back. Episode 4 is with Nirmi, who is a writer and photographer based in Australia. Her career started when she was just 15 years old and we chat about the work-life balance, creativity, motherhood, pursuing your dreams and living creatively. And just before we jump in, I just wanted to let you know that um, we briefly discuss abusive relationships and suicide. So if either of those topics affect you, you may wish to skip this episode. I will link to Nirumi's website uh, in the show notes, but if you'd like to follow her on Instagram, she's at fireandjoy. Hi Nirumi, how are you doing? Uh, really well, how are you doing? I'm good, thanks. I'm good. Thank you so much for making the time to chat to me today. Of course. I know it's a little bit later um, in Australia than it is here in the UK. Um, so tell us a little bit about yourself, um, what it is that you do. Um, so I I feel like I'm, I don't know, I'm, I'm just like a creative in general or I'd say maybe a storyteller because there's so many different creative things that I love doing. But I've been a photographer for 10 years now and a writer even longer and I have a blog where I write about my life and yeah, I shoot mostly portraits and a bit of commercial work and fashion work and musicians and yeah my it feels like my heart is kind of in my writing more though um yeah that's kind of what I do I guess <laughs> and I'm also a mother to a six-year-old who is really rad and I live on the west coast of Australia which is nice because I've been traveling around for so long and never been any in any city more than a year so I've decided to settle down here for a while so I'm pretty happy Awesome. And how long did you move? Because um, I know you were living somewhere else beforehand, weren't you? Yeah, I moved from the Sunshine Coast, like, gosh, um, about a year ago now. Okay, so you've, you've, you've been, it's, it's been home for a little while now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I know that you started photography at a very early age. How old were you when you first started? I was 13. Yeah, so I've been shooting actually for 12 years, but I've been shooting professionally for 10. So I started shooting professionally when I was 15. Wow, that's uh, that's crazy. That's super young. So I'm assuming, so so what was your first project? Tell us about that. (laughs) Uh, My first paid project or like project in general? No, yeah, so a paid job. So (laughs) yeah, because you say you've started when you were 15. So yeah, my first paid project was shooting strippers. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that was my first. And then my second was shooting bodybuilders for bodybuilding competitions. So a very, like, strange introduction to photography. I know, that is, yeah. And what were you doing before that personally? Um, uh, yeah, I was shooting self-portraits. I was photographing my little sister and I started shooting people. Like, I'd meet people in the street and be like, ah, I'd love to take your photo and meet people at school and photograph them. So, That's so yeah, just that's really interesting. So you, you'd reach out to kind of strangers on the street? Mm, yeah, completely. I was so enamored with photography. It was like because I was doing it for my art and not for myself. Like if it was just me, I couldn't talk to strangers on the street. But because I was doing it for my photography, I just felt like I could be this other version of myself that put my photos first and, yeah, that, would just talk to anyone. <laughs> that's so interesting. So you had that kind of confidence in your work and you just you... – mm. That's so interesting because I think at that age I would not have been doing that at all. I mean, even now actually, um, I recently asked someone to take their portrait just in the street 
and mm. I felt nervous doing it and I'm obviously a lot older <laughs> um, yeah I, I get nervous more nervous now than I did then um I think it's like a muscle that you kind of exercise yeah maybe maybe yeah and the more you do it yeah absolutely but also I think when you're a kid perhaps that fear isn't quite there maybe you're just mm. a bit fit more fearless in that sense yeah, the world hasn't beaten you down. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so um, kind of looking at your first projects and campaigns, the, the paid work that you did, um, did you find it difficult to work kind of alongside uh, people that, you know, would have been a lot older than you? Yeah, well, so I was like 16 when I first like won this big photography contest that meant that I signed to an agency and started doing like real work and shooting for like Diesel and Billabong and all these big labels. And um, I don't know, like I was very, I was very confident in, <laughs> in my work. And so like, I, I look back now and I'm like, wow, I was, I was, you know, I was flown to New York and I had like a team of 20 plus people just waiting to see what I was going to say next, you know, and, and now that makes me nervous. But then I was just so, I don't know, I was just so confident in what I was doing and believed in myself a lot, which was good. I probably couldn't have done it without that confidence. Um, but, yeah, it was like there was difficult parts. Like I remember turning up to a set once and none of the models believing that I was the photographer because I was like 16 and looked like I was 13, you know. Yeah, of course, it must be difficult. Um, so... You've mentioned the very first shoot you did was with strippers. Do you want to tell yeah. us a little bit more about that? Um, so I didn't realise there were strippers. Uh, I remember I, I, I used to share my work online and this promotions agency got, got into contact and said they would pay me $50 for a photo shoot, per photo shoot, which I thought was a lot of money at the time. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, sure, I'll take photos of your girls, you know, and I just turned up to, to their uh, – I guess they're like kind of shop, and then I I realized that all, like all the women were kind of undressing and putting on like lingerie and everyone had fake breasts and <laughs> just a different world. And so I just like photographed them topless and in bikinis and stuff. And but were you faced? Really... Were you faced by it at all, or did you just go for it? Nah. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. It was funny. <laughs> That's amazing. My mom, my mom. Yeah, I don't know what my mom thought actually. Thinking back, but. I know. The yeah. bodybuilder one was a bit strange because they would all be fighting over, you know, who would who would get the the oil rubbed on by me, and I was very young, and it's a bit weird now to think about. But uh, yeah, I, I remember just riding around in a convertible jeep around Townsville where I grew up, just with like four four other bodybuilders and then me. <laughs> Such a weird experience. <laughs> yeah, sounds it. <laughs> um, yeah. So did you feel the pressure to kind of deliver high quality content or, I mean, you've mentioned that you were just very confident uh, in your work. So was it kind of no pressure at all or did you, were there moments of kind of self-doubt perhaps? Yeah, I think there's always been a little bit of self-doubt, but I also believe that people hire me because of the work that I produce and especially my personal work. So I figure if I'm just making sure that I'm standing up for my work and that means saying like, no, this isn't going to work for me or this is the way I need to do this, then I can create the kind of content that the brands or whoever else are hiring me to shoot, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. That really, yeah, that makes sense. Um, I think it's important actually to know what you feel comfortable doing and like I say, you know, know what's going to work for you. 
because it's not gonna mm. it, it doesn't always work out I think people have different visions and yeah it, it doesn't always kind of align yeah yeah and it is it's also quite hard to be like um you know no I can't shoot right now because maybe it's the middle of the day like no I can't shoot right now the light's not good or you know I'm I'm not gonna shoot this particular scene it's not gonna work and yeah it's really hard to say that sort of stuff but really important you know there's been shoots where I haven't stood up for myself I remember the first magazine editorial I got and the stylist just completely took over and so in the end the images like I just I didn't even like I didn't even buy the magazine because I felt so I didn't I didn't love the images at all Mm. and they were so not me and yeah I don't know and then after that I realized like I had to I had to be assertive and I had to take control and make sure that they were gonna you know be photos that were in my style and that I loved of course yeah I think that's the kind of key making sure that you love the work you're producing so just uh, going back a little bit again uh, I know that you've Mm. worked on some kind of really exciting projects over the years um, including going on tour with the first aid kit um, and mm, for, for yeah. those who don't know, they should definitely uh, check out their music. It's pretty awesome. Um, and then in the summer of 2016, you travelled uh, through Europe with a writer. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how is. how did that um, how did all of that kind of work come about? Um, usually, it's people who read my blog and feel like that connection because I guess my blog is very like intimate and personal, and people read it and end up feeling like they know me so she had written some books and had been a big fan of my writing in my blog for a long time so she wanted me to sort of capture her traveling through Europe mm, yeah so, so she just emailed me mm. and yeah you, are you still with an agency now you've mentioned you were with an agency when you won the award at 16 mm, I left that agency and now I'm with an agent agency in LA mostly for directing and yeah, that sort of stuff. But no agency in Australia. I just freelance. Awesome. Yeah. So do you find that you have kind of a lot of commercial work coming your way? Because you don't really share that on social media anymore, do you? Yeah, I don't. I share, yeah, I try to keep my, I don't know, I just try and keep my uh, like social media very personal and like me. Um, I do less commercial work than I used to just because I've kind of steered away from it because it didn't feel like it aligned with me as much. But now and then, like, something will feel like it aligns with me and I'll take on a project. But in general, I I think I spend more time focusing on, like, my personal projects and my writing and stuff like that now, yeah. Yeah, I know you have quite a few different projects going on at the same time. I think you've mentioned working on a cookbook at one point. Is that still happening? (laughs) Yeah, it is. (laughs) Yeah. I do have a million projects. <laughs> so, so do, do you find it hard to kind of um, split your attention, I guess, to, to all these different projects? Yeah, definitely, definitely. There's, yeah, I, I've had to like really um, make sure that I'm prioritizing and just choosing, I'm just currently focusing on just two projects and once they're out, I can sort of move on to the next ones. But I've had to be really strict on myself because I find it very easy to bounce between ideas when I'm excited and... Yeah, so at the moment I'm working on a photography series called Wild Bloom, which is kind of inspired by wildflowers that bloom in like barren or what's the word? (sighs) You know, like kind of deserts and and places where flowers wouldn't usually bloom, which is very much Australia, Mm -hmm. Um, which kind of for me is kind of like 
beautiful things growing out of places where you wouldn't expect beautiful things to grow, which feels a bit like my childhood because I had a very abusive childhood and I still made something beautiful out of my life. So it's kind of inspired by that. And I'm shooting through prisms and kaleidoscopes and glass and I'm juxtaposing all the images with handwritten poetry and having an exhibition. So that's my, yeah, that's my photography project that I'm working on. That which sounds is, I'm so exciting. Yeah. yeah, I'm shooting out out in Western Australia just has the most amazing landscapes too. So I feel very lucky and very excited. I've already done a couple of trips for it. So I've got a couple more to do and then I'm done. And So is it going yeah. to be a series of images? How many kind of images are you aiming for? Because obviously I think I'm assuming each image takes a bit of preparation, uh, location scouting, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, well, the way I'm kind of doing it is I'm not planning each shot in advance I'm kind of just going on trips and letting things come to me I've got like mood boards and shot lists but most of it's just happening really naturally I don't know yet how many images I want to at least get 20 really strong really strong shots out of it which I think won't be hard and already am I I right in thinking there'll be self-portraits no 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 they're portraits of of girls I wish like I I think I might actually do some self-portraits at the end because I feel like it would tie it up really well but yeah I'm I'm going yeah going out with with pretty yeah just like girls around my age and a bit younger and people who I know as well so I can I don't know I I really enjoy photographing people that I know just because there's that extra connection beyond the photo that you can kind of see yes no I definitely agree with that so do you think the project's going to develop into like a book or is it just going to be an exhibition I'm not sure yet. I think I'll start with the exhibition and figure it all out. (laughs) See how it goes. Well, if it does make it into a book, that would be amazing because that means that everybody across in the UK will be able to see it. (laughs) That's true. That's true. Although I'm going to definitely post them online as well. Awesome. I look forward to seeing that. Yeah. Um, So you've mentioned you have a six-year-old daughter, Alba. I do, yeah. Um, I know she's obviously a huge part of your life, obviously, as any child would be, I suppose. So when she was born, did that kind of change your creative life in any way? Yeah, definitely. That was a huge turning point, just having someone who's, you know, going to look up to you and, and, and kind of become you in a way. And it made me just figure out what I actually wanted to be creating. And that's when I stepped back a lot from a lot of commercial work that I was doing and fashion work and kind of focused on, I think like a lot of my focus went into my writing and being really vulnerable and honest, which seems really kind of simple, but has been really profound in my life and in other people's lives. So that's, yeah, it's just kind of made me want to be a better person when it comes down to it. Mm, That's amazing. Yeah. Now you're writing so beautifully. You always share so openly. Um, And, talking of which I mean I've I've been reading your blog for I think a couple of years now ever since um, I think it was uh, Alex Cameron that's pointed me in your direction to begin with yeah yeah Uh, and yeah and I've just been reading your stuff ever since it's it's so inspiring but so raw and just yeah you really kind of feel um, the things that you write it's yeah it's incredible Um, and talking of that um, I know that a while ago um you wrote about your brother's passing it's been a while now Mm. hasn't it yeah it's been two years or that doesn't feel like it's been two years sometimes (laughs) yeah I can imagine um yeah so I know that you kind of chose to turn all of that kind of sadness um around it into kind of an act of kindness um 
I know you kind of started a project based, uh, well, n- not based on it, but a, a project that kind of followed on from that event in your life. Um, do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so when I got the phone call from my mum saying that my brother had hung himself, I remember like, the very first thing I did actually was take a self-portrait just because... I remember seeing I don't know, it, like, I think. I think yeah. that was um, one of your posts and, yeah, you, you wrote... Um, mm-hmm. You wrote about it then on Instagram, I think. Yeah, yeah. So it, it was just like my first, the first thing I reached for was like my camera and creating and capturing and documenting just because that's what I always do when mm. I'm feeling a lot of emotion. And then the, the second thing that I did was I went to try to find a photo of me and my brother together. I just needed to see, yeah, I just needed to see him. And I need, I don't, I don't know, I just... And I remember just searching through hard drives and hard drives and hard drives and not being able to find any good photos that I'd taken of us together and I'd planned to for so long because he was he was my favourite. Other than my daughter, he was my favourite person in the world and the only person who really understood me and and I just couldn't find anything. And I realised like just how – that really hit me. And so I decided that for the next like few weeks I was going to shoot portraits of people with people that they really loved, especially people who, you know, like people who had stories where, you know, their partner was dying or their baby was really sick or they had just like these really touching stories. So I shot over 20 sessions for free for people Mm. just so I could turn that like grief into something good. And it really, it was really helpful for me. I was going to say, did it help you heal in a way? I mean, I know it's, healing is is such a kind of broad thing Mm. yeah well it was it was a good like it was really distracting and it kept me really busy because time I don't know when when grief is kind of portrayed in the media it it leaves out like the awkwardness and the slowness of of it all because you still have these entire days to fill and the hours just feel so long and so having Having those shoots, you know, I had a couple a day, just really helped me, helped distract me. Mm, yeah, I can imagine. Must have been a really, yeah. really tough time. Yep, I, I'd <laughs> it's pretty much it, the worst. <laughs> yeah, I'd imagine it still is obviously very, um, very raw. Mm, yeah, there's just little moments where I'm like, well, I just want to call him or something really simple and, and, and I can't, but it's a nice reminder that, you know, like I could lose anyone in my life. So I, I try to really appreciate them fully and be really present and tell them I love them. And, you know, I try and call my mum a lot now. Since my brother died, I call my mum pretty much every second day now. And before it was maybe like months bef- in between phone calls. So, you know, I'm trying. <laughs> it's, it's left some good things yeah. in my life. Yeah, yeah, it's funny you should mention that, but I always um, always mean to call my mum. <laughs> But days just slip by and it's kind of like, I'm just busy with work, busy because I've got a son as well. So obviously we've got um, all that to go with it. And yeah, it just days slip by and you don't realise you haven't spoken to someone in, in, you know, months. Yeah, it happens really easily. Life goes by so quick. It does. It does. It kind of slips through. I think when you've got uh, a kid as well, I think you'd you'd realise how quickly it flies. Um, Yes. I remember obviously my son being born and then starting preschool and now he's he's well into his school life and it's just 
yeah he's, he's so tall as well <laughs> yeah I try and like make a habit of when I'm cleaning I'll put like my headphones in and and have my phone and like make a phone call to someone because my best friends live like one of my best friends lives in Sweden and the other two live on the other side of Australia and all my family live elsewhere so I always try and like make a habit of yeah I'm doing something busy like I'm making something with clay or I'm drawing or I'm editing or I'm cleaning and I just call them and I talk to them and it's nice that I get to do that yeah yeah it's important um so talking of um motherhood um do you find it hard to kind of juggle uh between um just home life and work is it is it tough do you think or yeah I think it's especially tough when you uh when you're your own boss because I feel like with a normal job you can probably clock out and come home and you don't have to think about work but Mm. I'm always thinking about my work because I, I love my work, but it's just, like, never-ending, you know. So sometimes I find it – I have to kind of remind myself to be really present and to play and to not feel guilty for, for playing and for having time off. Does that make sense? Yeah. It, it does make sense, totally. I, I feel the same way, and I think a lot of the time I am thinking about work whilst playing or, yeah. and, and not being fully present, and I think that's, that's, that's something I feel really guilty about. Yeah, I think it gets easier – at least for me, I, I feel like I've become such a better parent as time's gone on, so I'm kind of hopeful about that, <laughs> and I'll just keep going. I think we're a bit harsh on ourselves, though, sometimes. Oh, definitely, completely. Yeah. I, like, lay awake some nights just like, I'm the worst parent ever. <laughs> You're definitely not. You have such a beautiful connection with Alba, obviously. You can really see it through your work, so, yeah, we're definitely way too harsh on ourselves. Yeah, it's very easy. Very easy to feel guilty. Yeah, it's true. Um, so kind of coming back to your kind of work life, um, I know you are writing a an online course for creatives. Mm, I am, yeah. And how long has that been going on for? How long have you been kind of oh, planning gosh. that? Is that been a while? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think it's been like in my head for many years because I... I really love creativity and what's behind it and also like all the routines and structures and systems behind it as well. I'm real geek about organizing and planning. But I've been working on it for about a year now, like properly working on it and writing it and researching for it and just pouring my heart into it. And and I feel like I've just like been existing in this bubble of creativity. Like I just, yeah, I just talk talk everyone's ear off about it. and <laughs> But yeah, it's, it's really fun. It's been really fun to make. Really fun. Yeah, yeah. It sounds it. So, what kind of things are we kind of? Um, what can we expect from it? So, there's. It's kind of about committing and living a creative life, but it's a lot to do with like the backbones behind that that make it possible. So, it's like about planning, routines, and creative habits, and overcoming challenges, and staying inspired, and creating good systems, and all of that sort of really geeky stuff. Um, that just makes it possible to kind of chase your dreams, which is what I feel like I've been doing for a long time and kind of all the stuff that I wish I'd, I knew basically when I was starting out. Yeah. <laughs> so you mentioned kind of routines and stuff. Um, I yeah. Think I've seemed to remember reading about um, you having a kind of specific morning routine. Mm. Um, what does that entail? At the moment, it's school holidays, so I've been really slack with oh, my routine. <laughs> They're kind of, yeah, they're kind of like all over, like I'll, I'll still do my routines, but it'll be like all over the place. Yeah. But yeah. usually I try and wake up early before my daughter wakes up and I'll do, I'll always do something like to do with mindfulness. So I'll do yoga or do meditation and I do morning pages, which is just 
stream of consciousness writing, it's like journaling, it kind of like feels like it's like emptying out my head so I can focus on my day and then I'll plan my day so I know what I'm doing, which is probably like the biggest, the biggest thing that I do for productivity, um, just knowing what I've got to do that day. Um, and I will read a book related to a project that I'm working on so I can learn. So at the moment I'm doing The Artist's Way, which is a book about creativity and also a course. And I'll take notes as I'm reading it. And, yeah, those are my routines. They're pretty simple. And making tea is part of it, which is, like, just nice to have tea. I just love tea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so how long would you say that takes you? Because that sounds like quite, quite a bit to fit in, actually, in the morning. Yeah, it's about probably about an hour to an hour 15. It's not really that long. Oh, okay. So it's, yeah, so it's yeah. Not, not super long. No, I have a little – I use this app called Time2 and I put in the, – there's like individual timers so I just press them when I'm done each one and it'll, it'll be for 10 minutes or 15 minutes and then it'll buzz when I need to do the next one and, yeah, it's pretty handy. Oh, that sounds good. Okay. Um, so you obviously you say you kind of plan your day ahead and stuff. You have a to-do list. Does that is that yeah. just literally writing a to do list on you know with with pen and paper or do you use apps for that? Yeah, so I love like for me it's really important to um, have pen on paper for a lot of like my planning and stuff because so much of my day is spent on my computer as a photographer and a creative like yeah, I just agree. ends up totally. you just end up in front of screens. Yeah. So I love that like I've got a weekly planner that I use. It's called the Vault Planner, which is really well designed so I just use that and I just yeah plan out my tasks and I'll have like every Sunday I'll plan what I need to do for the week so I'll refer back to that and I've got an archive of tasks and I've just got this whole system but I'll just yeah every morning just like finalize the day and put in what I've got on and just fit it all in and make it make sense and then like at the end of the day I can just transfer whatever I haven't done over to the next day and yeah Mm, sounds good it's nice yeah. I love it. Like, I really love it. It's, it's, yeah, it just makes me really happy being organized. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm definitely with you on that. I do love um, to-do lists and generally um, I always treat myself to, like, a nice diary for the year and I enjoy yeah. writing in that. Um, and, yeah, being organized is definitely something that, yeah, I kind of crave, um, mm. especially when y- you do kind of tend to work on so many different little projects um, at the same time. You've got to kind of really plan ahead haven't yeah you? yeah yeah it's just like about using your time really effectively as well especially mm-hmm. when you have have a child and yeah multiple business. yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah. I think it's sometimes about working kind of smarter rather than harder as well because oh totally um, as you say obviously you absolutely love what you do so you could end up working you know 16 hour days if you wanted to yeah um yeah but that's not and good. it's never ending that's, well. that's like, you no could good do to anyone something. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and you mentioned that you you keep a journal. Yeah, I do. I I, I keep a, a normal kind of journal, um, which I write in like kind of more poetically and <laughs> nicely. And then I have a as like a notebook where I do my morning pages, which is more like, you know, oh, I can't believe I ate that for dinner last night. I feel so gross about it, and oh, the weather sucks today. You know, just like. <laughs> really silly like so really just like mindless chatter yeah so, so thoughts that come to yeah. your mind not necessarily anything structured yeah that's yeah, so definitely. interesting because I've never kept yeah. anything like that so yeah it's yeah interesting it's 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 it was made popular by Julia Cameron who wrote The Artist's Way it's called Morning Pages and it's 
a lot of creatives and artists do it just to, to begin their day, just to kind of just have a, like a bit of a brain dump and to be yeah. feel really clear to, oh to yeah, to just to get it out of the way. Yeah, it's really nice. It's yeah. nice. And, and the other good thing about it is that it gives you this clarity where you wouldn't notice some things. Like just, I don't know, dumping that stuff out like, oh, I, I feel, you know, bad because of this thing or I'm feeling this. And, and you can just create this clarity where you're like, oh, this actually doesn't make me happy or I actually need to make a change with this. Whereas mm. normally these thoughts just might disappear from your mind and you won't have that, yeah, have that clarity to realize where you should be making changes in your life. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Good. I think I feel it's the same with talking sometimes, talking through a few Yeah. Years. Uh, I do that with my husband a lot of the time and I'm like, oh, actually, maybe this isn't working or maybe mm-hmm. I should change this because it just, yeah. yeah, it's not what I want to be doing right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. clarity is good. Yeah. So um, when do you think the online course will be um, out and available to purchase? Gosh. Um, <laughs> Am I putting you on the, the spot? <laughs> before, before the end of the year, for sure, for sure. I've, yeah, I've made myself some pretty strict deadlines, so going to get it done and out. And, yeah, pretty excited. Yeah, it sounds exciting. <laughs> I'm looking forward to seeing it. Um, so, um, I know that when you travel, you organize, um, love plant picnics. Am I, um, yeah, plant love. Yeah. Oh, plant love. That's it. (laughs) And kind of major (laughs) cities that you've traveled through. Where did that idea come from? Mm. I think that's, it's so great. (laughs) It's because one of my big passions is plant-based food. I think it's the biggest thing that we can do to be good humans and to make changes in the planet. I wanted just a way to share that and to share like how amazingly delicious and fun and not bland plant-based food could be. So I started, yeah, I started putting on these um, plant-based food picnics so everyone could share things like raw brownies and amazing salads and all kinds of other sweet treats. And, and yeah, it was, it ended up, it's ended up being just a really nice way for a lot of like-minded people to meet each other. There's been people who've come to my picnics that have ended up friends for years and it's just always been like yeah just a really nice way to spend like an afternoon and for other people who read my blog to meet me and stuff like that which is always a little bit strange yeah I can imagine but it builds a nice community kind of offline as well yeah that's that's what it's about I think it's more important and and I always want to be able to like hug the people who support me because they mean so much to me and it's because of them that I can do what I can do so being able to like hug people in the flesh and like just meet them See in real life, yeah. People reading my words, which is such a strange concept, but makes it more real when, when I can see them and say thank you and stuff like that. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah, it does sound nice. And so have you always had kind of a plant-based diet? Uh, since I was pregnant with my daughter, because I could, when she was in my belly, I just remember thinking about how helpless she was. Mm. And as a baby as well, and I thought I kind of related that to animals and the kind of similar way that they're they're helpless as well and don't deserve pain as much as my daughter deserved. Like she didn't deserve to be, you know, to suffer. And I felt that animals didn't either. And I remember watching a documentary called Earthlings and then just deciding that I was done and I didn't need to eat meat anymore. And yeah, it's it's, it's something I don't really think about anymore. Like. I forget that people eat meat and <laughs> it's not like I feel like I'm missing out on anything or 
Yeah, so yeah. it's, it's become it's such very a, normal. Yeah, such a huge part of your life now that it doesn't. It, it's not um, something you question anymore. Yeah, yeah. It's just like meat to me would be like eating a brick or something. Like I don't think of a brick as being food or wish mm. that I could eat a brick. I don't know. <laughs> that's a really weird way of saying. That. But yeah, and do you know. still eat dairy? Uh, very rarely. Like I'm not very strict on myself because there's always going to be times where I'll slip up or something. So I just say plant-based. It's a good term for it. So I'm not saying like vegan and putting myself into a box, but mm. mostly, mostly I don't. Yeah. Okay. And do you, would you say you've felt better, um, since you've kind of adopted a plant-based diet? Um, or, yeah. Have you noticed changes? Yeah. Cause I think when you're kind of cutting out animal products, you're generally avoiding a lot of food that isn't good for you so mm, you end up eating Processed a lot more of the food that's good for you and yeah. and and just like oh the the way that I it kind of was the way that I was introduced to cooking and became so enamored with it and now like it just makes me so happy to go to a market and to buy fresh produce and to come home and to make it into food to feed people that I love and that's a really big thing for me and it's it's like my love language being able to feed people so <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that sounds really nice um yeah. so just go back to work um do you find it hard to kind of make money as a creative I know there's this kind of like thing that any artist is always going to be poor how do you feel about that <laughs> I think there's kind of highs and lows where I'll be making more than enough and then I'm really like brainstorming for more ways to make money but I've always felt really lucky that I've had a really good support behind me and feel that everything I launch if I put enough work into it is usually pretty successful and I always try and have like multiple ways multiple income streams Mm. so you know I used to run an online store selling filters and I have done some copywriting and I've done some directing and photography and I always just try and have like multiple ways to make money so I'm not so I'm not struggling. Yeah. And I ran pa- a Patreon as well for a while, which was really fun. <laughs> and you've closed that down yeah. now, haven't you? Yeah, I closed it down because I wanted to focus on the course. But, um, yeah. Oh, it makes sense. Yeah. So you've got to kind of prioritise the things that you're kind of really passionate yeah. about at the time because otherwise yes. it just kind of it becomes this big uh, mess <laughs> of different yeah. projects. Yeah. Um, so would you say that kind of um, running a business as such comes naturally to you or is that is that kind of part of it a little bit harder <laughs> than being an artist and creating things yeah I, I've <laughs> I've always been the type of person who earlier on especially who didn't really worry about contracts or, or mm. you know like paperwork or um you know, like that sort of stuff. So I've always been like, yeah, let's shoot, let's do this. And, and it's come back to bite me so many times. So I think I've gotten better over the years, just like learning the hard way every time, you know. So it's become a bit easier now where like I have, you know, I have a card for my like work purchases that I can use to organize my taxes. And I've just got all these systems in place now because I've learned the hard way that it's good to have systems. Yeah, no, I know. Yeah, definitely at the beginning. At the beginning, I definitely didn't. I've never done any kind of courses or or I've never had any education in running a business. So 
I've had to wing it from the time I was 15. So <laughs> I made a lot of mistakes. Yeah, I can imagine. But obviously, like you say, you've kind of learned on those mistakes. And now you've kind of got those processes in place. And you kind of yeah. you're all set. Yeah, yeah, I think I'm doing all right. <laughs> and you've mentioned you have done a bit of directing. Is that, um, what, what does that entail? Um, so I did like a little commercial for Netflix not long ago. Um, and I've just done other little things, like just little music videos or fashion films and stuff. Just little things so far, but I'd like to do more in the future. Yeah, is that something you'd kind of like to expand? Yeah, it is. Definitely, you- definitely. It's funny because I, I have all these different passions and, and loves, but they all kind of tie into each other, so it's really nice. Yeah, well, it's all, yeah, very creative stuff, so, uh, yeah, kind of makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Yeah. So um, what are your plans for kind of for the next 12 months business-wise? Um, obviously, you're writing your course, so that's going to be mm-hmm. done in the next, what, six months or so? Yeah, yeah. Uh, anything else? Yeah, so I'll write the course and I'll keep shooting the Wild Bloom series. And gosh, I don't know. I just took over the whole lease of my of a studio. Oh, yeah, I was going to um, ask about that, actually. Yeah, yeah. sure. Because initially and, you had a little studio, didn't you? Um, mm-hmm. and yeah, so initially, yeah, initially I was renting just a desk in a huge studio with, with um, a florist. And... I've, she's left, so I kind of took the leap and decided to take over the entire lease, which is which, which is a big deal. Mm-hmm. And I've filled it with a couple of other creatives now, and I've spent the last few days just decking it out with plants and nice furniture and a big communal station and, and just trying to make it feel really good so that, yeah, it's just a really nice place to come and work, and it's just made me so happy. I just... I've just been sitting in there kind of staring around at it and just being like, wow, this is, this is, this was one of my dreams for a long time to kind of run a creative space. And now I, it's kind of just fallen into my lap. So I feel really happy about it. Yeah. And I came up with the name for my studio today, I'm calling it Common Good. Oh, I like so that. Kind of, yeah, yeah, I really like it. I was just working on the logo before you, <laughs> before you called. Oh, that's awesome. I look forward to seeing it in that case. Um, yeah. Were you, obviously, before you took on the lease, did you, kind of worry about it a little bit from the kind of financial perspective but also just in general yes. where you're kind of apprehensive yeah yes because <laughs> if I if I can't fill the space the entire rent falls on me and it's quite a lot so I was thinking gosh if I can't and it wasn't until the day before like I had to tell them whether I was going to take it or not that I actually got the extra person that meant that I could viably financially afford it so I was a bit like oh is it going to happen is it not going to happen so but yeah, safe, safe now, safe now, as long as someone doesn't drop out and I don't find another person. But I think it'll all work out. I think the universe is looking out for me. So, Well, talking of the universe, do you kind of believe in the law of attraction and all that kind of stuff? Mm, I think I have my own kind of beliefs. I guess I do in a way. I put a lot of trust into the world that I don't know, like the saying, if you leap, the net will appear, you know. And there's been so many synchronicities happening in my life lately. And I've always just had this trust. And I don't really, I'm a very kind of logical person. So when I do spells and stuff, there's parts of me that is like, what are you doing, you know. (laughs) But I just feel that if I feel something with it, whether that actually exists or not, it doesn't really matter, you know. Like it's, it's how it makes me feel. And your own perception is kind of your world, so... Yeah, I don't know what I believe, but I believe that it's nice to believe. 
Yeah, I think just trusting um, and, and just being like a positive person rather than a negative person is yeah. just a nicer way to live. Yeah, and believing in yourself a little bit as well, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'd rather believe that, that like things, that something's looking out for me um, rather than that it's not. I don't know. It's yeah, and that things nice will work out and then you will find ways to kind yeah. of sort things. If Because you act, you, you act in accordance with your thoughts as well. So that sort of stuff can be really powerful and just the way that, you know, if you're thinking positively, the way that you react in the real world and then positive things happen and all that. Yeah. <laughs> well, on that positive note, um, I have two questions that I ask kind of all of my guests. Uh, one of which is, um, what's a kind of favorite book that you've recently read and would recommend? Hmm. I read the last book that I really devoured. Like, couldn't couldn't stop reading. And I remember going to a music festival and spent like most of the time reading the book instead of watching the bands because I was just so um, absorbed. Uh, was the Lost Flowers of Alice Hart by Holly Ringland, who is an Australian author, and it's a new book, and it just was really amazing to read. And it it went in, it had an abusive relationship in it. It was so much like the one I was in that it was just like one of those things where it was, it was really really hard to read, but really mm. beautiful to feel like I wasn't alone. Yeah, it's um. Yeah. I, I I saw your recommendation for the book and I actually pre-ordered it. Yeah. It wasn't out yet in the UK. Oh, wow. um, but I've just received it uh, not long ago and I, I've only read a few pages, but I can tell mm. it's going to be a tough read, but I'm really looking forward yeah. to getting into it. Yeah. Yeah, I actually met the author because she was... So I posted a photo of me reading it and then she commented on it saying like, wow, I can't believe you're reading my book and just like such a beautiful comment and my, one of my friends was like she's in she's on the west coast right now you oh, should wow. meet her yeah I messaged her and was like can we please get tea together and she was like oh I'm, I have a little bit of time like an hour right before I fly out and we ended up meeting at the airport and sharing tea and, and talking and it was just like yeah just one of the most magical afternoons ever oh that sounds yeah that sounds incredible That's yeah amazing uh, yeah and obviously I, the pages within the book they've got little illustrations as well that's so pretty I didn't expect it yeah the, the cover's gorgeous as it is and then within mm -hmm. the actual book um, I'm assuming it's the same for you in the, in Australia yeah it is it is all the native flowers I yes. love native flowers yeah 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 I feel like I could just I just want to fill my home and my studio with lots and lots of native flowers because they don't they don't die they stay beautiful and yeah they're so beautiful yeah <laughs> So who would you like to hear interviewed on this podcast? Oh, probably Holly, actually. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Just from talking to her for an hour, I, I think I'd, I'd love to hear her talk for more hours. <laughs> yeah, tell She's us her story. So, yeah. Yeah. And do you know if the book is kind of autobiographical in a way or is it just a, mm. just a story? I feel like every every fictional book is, is, is um, yeah, autobiographical. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and she's talked about going through her own experiences in abusive relationships, which so many of us have. Okay, well, thank you so, so much for your time uh, to chat to me. I really, really enjoyed it. Oh, me be, too. That's, yeah. Thank you, and I'll be looking forward to kind of seeing uh, where the Wild Bloom project goes and also the... <laughs> Great, of course. I'll be really excited to see that as well.
Yay. I'm just been grinning through this whole talk. It's been really nice. Oh, that's <laughs> great. Uh, so have I, actually. So. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, I'd be really grateful if you could leave a review on iTunes so that other female creatives can enjoy this podcast too. I'll see you next week.